Stu here. I'm very proud to announce that Spoilers, my award-winning climate change comedy show, is returning to the Edinburgh Festival on the 12th, 13th and 14th of August. You can get your tickets at stuartgoldsmith.com on the little orange banner, or you can just go to edfringe.com and search my name. I mean, that's what I'd do. Whether you're a die-hard, north-face-wearing climate dude, or whether you are just a regular person who's a little bit nervous about all the news you're seeing and doesn't really know what to think, there's something there for you. It's really fun and funny, and I think you're going to love it. See you there. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewellery, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. I'm completely full of cold and brick dust once again, so apologies for my sort of clabby. Is that a word? <laughs> for my clabby diction. I'm so excited to bring you this interview with Chris Fleming. He's one of those people I'm absolutely evangelical about. If you've ever spoken to me in person, chances are I've pulled out my phone and insisted that you watch one of his videos. Uh, quite possibly, I'm afraid to talk to men or polyamorous uh, he's got plenty more of that uh, besides, uh, as well as these excellent sort of arrhythmical, I don't know if that's fair, um, he is musically talented and, uh, well, we'll talk about this in the interview, but um, they are, one of the things that I find frustrating about comedy songs is when the chorus repeats all the jokes. He is the opposite of that. It's all just angles and angles and fresh premises and gags and observations to music, but it's kind of ultra contemporary offbeat sort of music. Basically, do yourself a favour, put this on pause and look on YouTube and search I'm Afraid to Talk to Men. He is just wonderful. He's so, so funny. I was lucky enough to see him live at the Montreal Comedy Festival the night before this interview and uh, he was just sensational and the fans were absolutely screaming and joining in with the words of all the songs. Uh, so do yourself a favour, check out Chris. This is him. Uh, I will post Amble at you uh, at the end of this episode, chat to you briefly in the middle. And remember, if you go to comedianscomedian.com slash insiders, there are 30 minutes of extra content available exclusively to members of the Insiders Club from this interview. This is Chris Fleming. So I saw your show live. Does that show have a name yet? I know hmm. the first tour was Show Pig. Um, I, I, I've been called, I named it before I wrote it, um, and just because they needed a name and I called it a line that I heard in a David Attenborough, um, document or like some of those shows and, okay. and it was the phrase, uh, paradise for a toad. <laughs> That's nice. That's a good title. Yeah. Isn't that good? But it doesn't, but it doesn't at all have anything to do with the show. Maybe like really abstractly you could. Yes, I think any, well, your stuff is, uh, uh, I don't know if abstract is the word, but it's very, 
if there's a theme, the theme is you. Mm-hmm. So I think it, you can link to any title. You can come up with it, men at work. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, that's, yeah, that's liberating. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter what it's called. And it's too late to name it now. I think that's the last time I'm going to do it. Well, I'll do it like a couple more times. Is that right? Is that the end of the life of that show? Yeah, I started in September of last year. Now I'm writing a new one because I pretty much went to all the markets that will accept me. So let's, t- and I should say, I loved it. I, oh, loved, I went you. with Deanne Smith. Yeah, uh, I, saw yes, her, yeah she, I met her finally after uh, in the lobby. Yeah. She knew you were going to do the podcast and she was like, okay, how can you arrange for me to meet and or, and or marry Chris? <laughs> so, she's um, great. She's, she's superb. I was, and yeah. she, was, she was the one who you accused very early on of cackling like a witch. No, she has okay. few, we both have big laughs. Next to hers, mine was dwarfed completely. <laughs> it was a sinister. Oh, okay, it sounded like a very sinister French Canadian. Yeah, it did. It did. It was actually. Well, she it was is Canadian. Oddly timed. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing when comics watch comics. We're laughing at setups. So yeah. like, yeah. we're like, yeah. oh, oh, I love where this is going. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the timings are terrible. Right. Um, but we saw the show. Absolutely loved it. You, you. I feel like you walked out. They screamed, and then you matched that energy. And then everyone stayed there for an hour. It was, it was just an incredible show. Did you enjoy it? Did it feel like a good run out of that yeah, show? Yeah, I was actually talking to Dean about that. I think about how uh, I, I've learned recently to stop ridiculing. I used to feel strange about that, about um, people laughing too hard. Yeah. And I would ridicule the audience for laughing too hard. And then I realized that then the laughs would get quieter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so I stopped doing that. And I didn't do that. That was one of the first times that I've not really... Rid- I mean, I did ridicule, like, like you just said. Oh, I sure, did call sure. some people out. But like I... Um, and it did sustain um, pretty pretty well, the, those volumes. Because um, uh, I think in an intimate setting like that, it, 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 it's okay. But if it's in a huge theater and everyone's just like screaming the whole time, it feels really kind of psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. What, and what is that scream? That's like you're, the, you're their champion. <laughs> yeah. what is the what is that relationship with with you and your audience because yeah. you are someone who like you're you're massively internet famous is that is that fair to say um like I, millions I, and millions of views and downloads and stuff a lot of oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i wouldn't personally i would let you say that i would yeah, personally sure. say you just, you just <laughs> relax on the show's long while someone else says the word millions yeah, yeah. but but that is so I, I really felt watching i felt the relationship with that audience was such that I, and I, this is a pet theory, which I'm happy to be uh, disavowed of. But it, I felt like when you make stuff online, your stuff is so specific. Your references mm. are so specific. There is no, um, you're not working to the, you know, the lowest common denominator. I don't mean lowest, but you know what I mean? You're, you're super specific. Are you on board with this facet of this show, of yeah. this person? Mm-hmm. And, and as a result, when you put that online, it finds its audience mm-hmm. and then precisely those people come to see you. Exactly. And you are their champion. And and that has kind of like lent its lent itself to me fearing like like I have to do like a gala or something that's not my audience. I start to fear performing for not my crowds. Sure. Because I've with my crowds, I especially started off with kind of like a cult kind of following. So it was like it was quite small in the beginning. It was like the same fifty people coming out to every show and every in every area. And so I had to all I, I could never reuse any any material. And so it's been a very kind of cumulative process my whole like anyone who I think comes to see me is pretty familiar with uh and maybe I'm this maybe this is not to sound vain but like I think they're very familiar with pretty much everything that I do yes and so I have to build on top of that of everything that I've done and so it's very like we're starting from here yeah instead of for the podcast and Chris is motioning motioning (laughs) thank you as opposed to like when I perform for 
you know, people who don't know me, it's like, oh God, how do I fill them in on all this? That's that. I've yes, done? you've and, got to kind of inject context into them. And straight that's away. why the people that come see me, I think, are um, really, really uh, positive and hyped and everything is because we. It's like we've had this experience and we can. And here's where we're going to go from there. It kind yes. of feels. And so I think that's. Um, I th- does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. I think in the in the genesis of a comic, to have the same fifty people to entertain. We could, like, how often would you gig to those crowds? How often would you need to like, completely... Oh, like twice a year. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, I was, I was losing my mind writing new things. and, and, and Doing hour-long hour shows? Longer? Well, that was back when I was doing my character, Gail. Um, and I was, when we were touring sometimes with a cast, even, and we would have to write these new shows. But it was basically just, like, like botched stand-up, kind of. Yeah. And, and, then, um, and, then, and then I started solo touring, and uh, I would do, like, once a year. So right now I'm at, like, a one, one a year. I have to write a new, like, uh, a new okay. show of some sort. And then I spilled the, the best parts online, you know, like, the musical parts. Does it work that way around? So you make it, you make the stuff live and then you record uh, the YouTube video of the stuff that's working live. Yeah, I test it out in the live crowds. Okay. And then the best things like uh, the musical pieces or whatever that work really well, then I turn into a video. Oh, that's interesting because yeah. I, 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 I discovered you first online and yeah. uh, I think the, uh, the polyamorous couples <laughs> song was the first bit. I don't even yeah. remember, the, you know, the, some sort of YouTube algorithm threw it at me and I went, oh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I had It's not going to age well. Um, <laughs> do you don't think? No. I, it's a very current observation. Well, I just think that uh, that I, I could. Get, I mean, I you know the only people that I, that I've made angry about that are polyamorous dudes, which I'm totally at peace with. <laughs> <laughs> the premise of the, the the premise of the song is that it's never the people that you want to be polyamorous who are polyamorous. Yeah. I don't see anyone could lose their temper <laughs> at that. I think that's a funny observation. Why why do you say it won't age well? Do you think in a, in a kind of a social climate, yeah, yeah, you yeah. will? From 30 years from now we'll look back and go look at this prick <laughs> yeah, mocking yeah. people's liberated choices <laughs> yes, really I, that I, had not occurred to me at all I think it could be part part of my undoing <laughs> I don't know maybe not my undoing is a great show title <laughs> yeah yeah that's good um, so I but I discovered that one our undoing that's good too our undoing is not, and it's also saucy <laughs> or, or let's undo <laughs> that's good and it fits on a bag <laughs> yeah um, the the uh, was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I assumed it was that way round. I, I assumed that you were a YouTube creator mm-hmm. who then was like, oh, I can leverage this by doing live shows. Oh, no, it was the other way around. The other way around. Okay. Yeah, so, so I was doing stand up long before I, I, I turned to YouTube because I was just like drowning in LA. And I started doing, I was doing stand up for like, uh, like I started when I was 17 and I was doing it for long before. And then I just took the, my character, like, yeah, which is a character I did in my standup. And so I then just, just turned that into a, a series. Cause I saw that people were doing like things like little things like that in like 2011 or whatever. Sure. And so I just did that to try and get things on my, going on my terms. Cause it was like, and it really felt like a last ditch effort. Like I was putting everything in the cannon and just firing it out. Cause I, I was like, it was so bleak. The word drowning in standup. Talk to me about drowning in standup. There'll be people listening to this. I'm sure oh, just who, fight, who are in that phase at the moment. Um, yeah, it, it was like, cause it was, it, things were changing. It was like, there, there's the, um, the old way of making it of success and being successful in the industry. Like, you know, like you work your way up and like you wait for someone, to see, the right person to see you. Yeah. But like I just had a man. So I got seduced in coming out to L.A. by a manager who saw me perform in Boston. She saw me do stand up and then I moved to L.A. and she promptly became a chef. 
<laughs> oh God! Talk about specific. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so I was alone in LA, and um, yeah, like performing, like tr- like struggling to do a free show once a month, and yeah. and like I would be so nervous about who was in the crowd in that show that it wouldn't even go that well and like it was just going nowhere from some idea of like I'm in LA there could be someone important yes. who could change this and yes. I need never have to do and this awful part of it <laughs> and again. I didn't realize that that was an imaginary concept that, yeah. that was fed to me by I don't know baby boomer propaganda or whatever sure, something sure. about the 90s or something and so then I was like um, I met with, uh, there was a manager. So Stephen Wright saw me do a show and Hi. he was like, I want you to meet my manager. And, um, and, and I met with his manager and he was like, the manager was like, I want you to write, uh, submit to write for, uh, this popular show in, in America. And I, and I was like, well, I actually have this web series that I'm working on right now that I'm about to launch. I'm really excited about. Could we work on that? He's like, no, I need you to do this show. And I was like, so, okay. so I was like, okay, no, I'm just going to be unrepresented for. Oh, good for you. So I just went because that presumably that is being noticed by someone important. That was the thing you wanted. Was yeah. Like big name comics. And I didn't like where it was going. Right, right. Good for you. Good for you. Because <laughs> well, that that need and the kind of LA hunger presumably was was that a difficult decision? Did you agonize over it, or did you just go? No, it was. It, it was just. I was like, I I feel like this this series could could do things for me, and they were like, we're, we're not interested in even talking about that. So so yeah, no, I. I it wasn't a difficult decision at all. Um, I just, so I went, went by myself and did that. And I, yeah, everything that I accomplished pretty much gra- it was, was grassroots without any representation until like I needed to get signed like a couple of years ago to like just take care of the other stuff. Where did the belief in that was, so that was Gail you Gail, were doing, yeah. so that, that series, which yeah. I, some of which I've seen, which I enjoyed very much. I mean, oh, thank you. Like that, like what, five seconds in the first joke as she snorts the granola <laughs> off the counter. I was <laughs> yeah, like, yep, yeah. I'm in, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so where did the belief in that project, like had you already released some online or was it just that you had the plan you'd written? And- I never really, I didn't release it yet. No, <clears throat> but I, I just, I just really um, had a really good feeling about it. Okay, I think because I had okay. heard it, I'd heard it, um, do so well in front of live audiences yes. and then I uh, and then I I just had, had absolute faith in it I don't know it, it was like you know the gut I go I go off the gut a lot which I heard George W. Bush also did <laughs> yeah, okay. he was very impulsive like that <laughs> but that's how I yeah I don't really think very much okay. about those things it's just like oh this is a feeling that I have so okay. it, was one, it was one of those so, so yeah I did that um, and then so that kind of so everyone thinks of me as this as this YouTuber because of that, and and I I've, I've been very bad at the whole like YouTube, like I just randomly upload things after I make them or whatever, or if I run them by audiences, and um, so so me trying to get back into standup was trying to kind of um, show that I'm not just one of those like yeah yeah, yeah. because that so, so what's one of those De- define your terms uh, like, what were you trying to show that you weren't like a, like like there's there's a stigma you know with with like a YouTuber. And and I, I I've always kind of tried to sure. distance myself from that, and so so I abandoned the character of Gail and just um, with Showpig I was trying to kind of prove that I have chops myself, and so there was oh, that was a stressful process. Starting from scratch to build Showpig, yeah, right. So what was stressful? Because I, I had stopped doing standup d- during the time that I was doing Gail. I took okay. like two years off because oh, I was like this. So is, sweet, oh, it was great. Yes. <laughs> Because you know when you can get in like the loop where you just keep like you on back then I was just doing my formula mm-hmm. of like writing and it was like so 
Do you ever do that? How do you mean your formula? What do you You're mean? like, oh, well, this is how I write jokes, mm-hmm. or this is how I do this, or this is how I write a bit. And it's just like you're you're almost like becoming this. It's like it's not there's like a there's a ceiling on it because yes yeah absolutely and if you don't take a break sure and you are what I find hard is that 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 uh, formula becomes sort of affirmed and confirmed by the people around you in the industry exactly the, mod- the modest degree of success you're like I'm paying the rent and I'm I paying the rent and, they- and all my friends are working hard and like I'm bitching about. Uh, this uh, horrific drive I've had to do. And everyone's like, yep, that's the, that's the thing you got to do. And when people tell you who you are, that's the worst. When they tell you, when they try to explain who you are, the way you are, the way you write, what your comedy is. Go on. Because like, then I internalize that, kind of, and then that's limiting. Like, I like to not think at all about, like, my style or whatever. I just like to be completely free to explore any ideas that I want to explore. Okay. And if you start, I don't, maybe it's a Catholic thing, but as soon, I, I'm, I don't like looking under the hood at all. And, <laughs> and rep- representation, like they want you, they want to do that so that they can sell you, which I understand. But whenever sure. I'm a part of that conversation, I, I, it's like, it's like a bad trip. Yeah. yeah, I, think yeah. It's, I think it's kind of the enemy of writing for me because I like to, I try to throw out the formula like I was talking about before, like building on things because... I'm so fearful of people being like, that's derivative of something that you did already. And so I'm trying to always throw things out and start from scratch. Of course, it's the same mind, of course, going into it. But I don't like to think about the mechanics of it. <laughs> what sorts of things were people telling you that you were? <laughs> okay, character, uh, character driven. That, that like I would do very short setups and then long character pieces. And so I was like, okay, that's what I did. Stand- and I haven't done that in forever. Um, that, that I'm, you know, that I'm a character comic, or that I'm, uh, that it's the androgyny that people that that that, that people are into, or it's the, just 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 anything, any way that yeah, people would okay. describe me, or that I, you know, that um, that I'm a physical comic, anything, any type of thing, you know, instead of being able to use all of the elements, I, I feel like it's it, it's it incredibly right reductive, isn't it? To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got this pet theory, and I talk about this all the time. I've probably mentioned it in the last five episodes because it's really in my head at the moment. That we are all brave once. As comics, we do this incredible act of bravery. Oh, and then wow. as soon as we step on stage and go, I did it, we close back down and we go, what am I supposed to do next? What do we all do? Yeah. What's the, how can I be the same as everyone? Yeah. Rather than pursuing, oh, look at the enormous uh, benefit to my soul that came from being incredibly brave that time. <laughs> I'll continue being incredibly brave. We don't we go, I did it, I did it. Now can I, now can I conform in a different way? <laughs> wow. Into, yeah. But it sounds like you it's managed to... It's like a factory to, farm. You, you, it turns into a... Yes, it's a voluntary factory farm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's such an illusion of bravery with it. But yeah, it, it is cowardly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, you know, starting is brave. Yeah. And then, like, I've, I've, I'm sure I've said to people in the past, like, they go, oh, you know, that must be really difficult doing stand-up. And you go, oh, it's difficult to start. But, it's, uh, you know, getting, uh, keeping going is, is fine. And listening to that now, that sentiment, I should have been like, oh, yes, that's wrong. It should be terrifying still. Yeah. <laughs> I should be going towards something more frightening. But it, it sounds like you... Well, with improv, though, what I, what I do like about improvising in stand-up is it, it does allow for that bravery. Although it's like, it's, it's, coward, it's, it's still cowardice because I can only do it when they're really behind me. Like, the, like at the beginning of that show, like I like to do like... Yeah. I improvised throughout. I but. was very loose at the beginning. I really enjoyed how <laughs> loose. No, not at all. No, no, no. But I remember thinking, oh, wow, his crowd works phenomenal because you were absolutely... You because know, they do- were so on top of it and they yeah. were so into it, it allowed me to do some 
I, I, and I and I ended up writing some of that stuff down because some of it ended up being kind of funny in hindsight. Um, Best way to write. Best way to write. Go on totally. and improvise in front of people who think you're amazing anyway. <laughs> Huge <laughs> amount of wind in the sail. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Record that 10 minutes every time for a tour and that's the next tour. Come on, easy. No more sitting in cafes with a notebook. Totally. I, I hate writing by myself. Mm. Like I, I kind of do a crockpot style, and then I like take notes throughout my life and like use it cumulatively. Cumulatively, but I the whole like artist's way thing, like mm. it, discipline, it, sit down, produce. Because then you start finding, like, then it kind of turns on this part of my brain that's like, what's funny about chairs? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I hate it. Which is a thought I had when I was really desperate once in like 2008, and I was. <laughs> I think every I think everyone has to. You have to encounter the thought what's funny about chairs i mean this chair like you're inescapably in a chair i think everyone has to have had that thought but it's about how you react to it's such an icy memory for me too like i see it now and i don't know if i'm rewriting it but i see a chair you ever see stranger things you know how like when they go whenever like that 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 girl like um like uses her powers and goes into this like Almost like a, it's like an like an airplane uh, air a hangar like it's, like it's this, completely black and yeah all, and like floor. the way I see it is like just like a backlit chair in this <laughs> never ending warehouse yes with a light on darkness it darkness all around yes, what's funny yes. about well there's just the chair that's all I have to work with <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah. and I find whenever I have encountered what's funny about this chair moments I suppose I have there's been like a big kind of collapse of confidence because you think, well, if I was a proper comedian, I'd be able to come up with oh, a great half hour on chairs. For me, it's I need to I need to go to bed. For yeah. me, it's I need to I need to turn this off because this is a dangerous train of thought. I need to go live some life and <laughs> get an inspired idea when it happens. That's a big thing too. And, and maybe what I was talking about with the stigma that at least I feel about YouTube is, is that there's this. I think that. Recklessly releasing content in a world where it's it's so oversaturated with content, like that's why I try to only put things out occasionally that I'm really passionate about and that are really inspired because I think it's just kind of distasteful to put things out that are not completely from the the heart and soul. Sure, and that goes you know that kind of goes against the whole industry model. Oh, the ethos is just record every second of your life and constantly <laughs> yeah. upload and stream it and then yeah. we're all an individual 24-hour soap opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I, uh, I suppose one of the preconceptions I have about YouTubers is that they're going to have a big online following and then you're going to go and see them live and they're going to suck ass because yeah. they've got no, no actual chops. live skills. Right. Um, you've obviously come to it the other way around. So you were doing stand-up. Are there any kind of contemporaries? And I have your... no YouTube skills. <laughs> and and, what's and I, I have no YouTube skills. Oh, do you not? <laughs> well, do you... no, I mean, I don't know. Do, not... you, do you edit it up yourself? I know I do. I, in, in terms of the marketing, I have no... Oh, I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is the marketing? Someone told me, or I read an article recently about the success of YouTube is all driven by the suggestions bar. Yeah. Down the right-hand side. Yeah. It's all about whether you're in that bar and if you are and if you're making the right connections. And that's why it's all so horrific and uh, <laughs> apocalyptic is yeah. because, oh, you watch this guy attacking Nazis? Here's some Nazis you might enjoy. That's Do you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. I think yeah. they're tweaking it now, but oh, only, yeah. within, only as much as they, only as little as they can. Yeah, no, know? it can it can be ruinous to, to a person's psyche. Do you have any understanding of it as a YouTuber? Do you no. have any experience of it? Have you ever kind of clocked... Like, oh, it would be good to release things on day X. or Oh, I actually have, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there there are certain times where, uh, yeah, early on I'm, I was worried about that. Um, uh, and I was doing le- weekly things with Gail um, to try and, because you had to do that back uh, in a certain time. Everyone but, was sort of like, mm, it's like, it's almost it's like Stranger Things, isn't it? There's some sort of vortex. And I was like, how must we respond? When is the vortex pleased with us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How can we most <laughs> correctly worship the vortex in order that we get more yeah. visibility? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would, and, and the real threat was that they would unsubscribe if you didn't do a weekly. Thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, and that's how I think a lot of these people lose their minds. Yeah. And did you had, yeah, right, that you have some sort of analytic thing, you can see the numbers drop off oh, as yeah. people unsubscribe? Which is scary. Okay. And <laughs> can you also, on YouTube, is this on YouTube? You can look at the back end of a video and go, oh, that's when they switch off. It's yeah. when I started talking about Subject X. I don't look at that. The minutes watched, I don't look okay, at that. Okay, yeah, okay. That, that would hurt too much. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that, that's a whole other world to me. I, I I'm sort of I'm hazily aware of all these elements of it. Yeah. But yeah, so people are uh, producing loads of content. Yeah. And so you were saying that you wanted to produce less and make it better. That's where I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is kind of a. Uh, do you feel like YouTube wants that? Like, no. Do you have any idea? Does it just want? Occasionally, kind of- it's very. I don't. I don't really. Uh, it's it's such a fickle beast that like they 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 do like promote me occasionally like random things that I do and it's okay. always the least expected expected video it, very very strange and so I I just put no thought into that I all I know that I can do is just try and make the best shit that I can make yes and then just release it and and so all of, like if I think of your I don't know if they're your most popular ones or if they're just ones that caught my eye or ones that were directed at me through some <laughs> algorithm that I don't understand and never yeah. will but it, things like um, the weirdly unlikable guy oh I love that which is and it's wildly it's, yeah yeah it's yeah it's such a wildly unlikable guy yeah yeah it, it is such a brilliant observation that like all good observations I'm like oh I've had that thought like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely remember meeting people in my life and kind of going I just can't seem to get on with this guy maybe I'm a terrible person and then someone else will go oh no that guy he's a dickhead and you go oh yeah oh it's not me oh like that that is a wonderful moment and and that piece of work of yours that video uh kind of really sums that up majestically with loads of detail it happened with for me I was uh, my my the the person I make music with was out in LA and we were doing a recording session and I was having a hard time with ideas so I went on a drive and I saw this guy who I walk by every day and who walks his dog and he just has the worst vibe. And I and I was like, oh God, like why can't I make it work with him? And then I saw this this older man bike by him and just give him this <laughs> horrible look. And I was like, oh, oh, I wish someone would tell me this. So I, that, yeah, that I wasn't yeah. even looking at that as like uh, the, that was when the comedian in me left. And I was just like, I want to make a PSA and just like have like I wish someone could just have told me this at eleven. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that that's inter- that's a P- uh, that's a public service announcement yeah, for yeah, my uh, yeah. non-American uh, listeners. Oh, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's a good uh, that's a good uh, generator for material, isn't it? Because I, I find sometimes. People who can generate great wealths of comedy content are often people with a, a point to make or an argument to win. Yeah. And I, I think actually the desire to warn is probably <laughs> that's quite yeah. an interesting uh, yeah. uh, level. So this is Chris, and apologies once again. Honestly, listening back to that introductory blurb from me, you can hear me get more bugged up as I'm speaking, I think I like I stars each sentence. I'm, look, I'm not going to go on about it, but look, I apologise. 
Uh, there's nothing I can do about it apart from not release the episode. I'm in an absolute state. Uh, so this is Chris, and he's just so lovely. He's so full of energy, knows exactly what he wants, knows exactly what he's setting out to do with comedy. And if you haven't by now paused this and watched some of his work online, more fool you. He's also got a brilliant YouTube sitcom, character-driven sitcom called Gale, uh, which I highly recommend as well. I heartily recommend it. Um, So 30 minutes of extra content. We're going to talk more after this episode about what it feels like now there are more freaks than bros in comedy. Uh, We're going to talk about Chris's incredible beanstalk mantra for self-confidence, get some more insights into the nature of online comedy and find out what Chris would do if the internet were to one day hypothetically break. He gives a brilliant answer to that. All of that available to supporters of the podcast at comedianscomedian.com slash insiders. Now, you can find Chris on YouTube, of course. You can go to facebook.com slash chrisflemingfleming. You can follow him on Instagram at chrisflemingfleming. And you can follow him on Twitter at chrisflumming with a U instead of an E. What a lovely man. Uh, more from Chris in just a second. Thank you to everyone that came to the tour shows in Tidmouth and Swindon over the weekend. What a treat it was to work with Dom, the new technician at the Tidmouth Pavilions, who was able to throw together in unbelievable time an enormous back wall screen projection of the screen from Primer. Now, obviously, as you know, the tour is the 2018 Edinburgh show end of, but in the second half, I do new material, which I did uh, some or or none of which I did in Edinburgh uh, under the title Primer. I used a screen for the first time and Dom was able to project it on the entire back wall and it looked mighty so uh, hopefully we'll get to do that again thanks to everyone in Swindon who uh, made that show so much fun as well um, the, there are more tour dates on the uh, on the website comedianscomedia.com slash tour don't miss out on the Bristol show that one is always enormous and I hope to see you also in Nottingham and wherever the hells I am I'm going to cut this chat bit short now because I can't bear to hear I don't know if it sounds as bad to you out there as it does in my head, but I'm so bunged up and I can only apologise. Let's get back to the brilliant and very scintillating and resident and totally unbunged up Chris Fleming. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your songs are really, uh, they're so enjoyably weird. Like they they strike me as, and you don't need to tell me if I'm wrong, (laughs) but they strike me as someone who can make music and sing properly, who has chosen to completely ignore rhythm. You know, not ignore, but like willfully become arrhythmic and things don't rhyme. And and, That's a very generous... It's it's actually. The, I'm doing my best. <laughs> the beauty of it is that um, uh, the the guy that is a savant who makes the music, uh-huh. and I am a rancid musician. <laughs> and so, well, actually, so a lot of the instrumentals I do, like polyamorous, I did do I do hmm. did do that music. Um, 
but wildly unlikable guy he did the music for and um yeah and like like the really the real like he makes incredible music and then i sing so poorly and and then we like try and auto tune it because I, I my I have like so many lyrics that we try and squeeze into each song. Yes, and that's yeah. why there's no rhyming yeah. or rhythm almost. And I kind of like that because like musical comedy for me, like I think it can be like cutesy and like I never like a rhyming joke. I feel like no, in the fifties sure. they were great, like Tom yeah, Lear, yeah, yeah. good on him. But like now I think it's like. <laughs> To be surprising, don't rhyme. Just like do, just like let it out. Yes, and it's like it, it's a little like dissonant. I I, I don't know. I, I just like that. I that that also was how I caught my second wind. Um, after I was really tired of doing writing stand up, was just like doing music. It was like it was the most fun. Just like making these kind of horrible songs. Were you already musical, or was it like you had just kind of decided to step into that? Um, all my friends are musicians, and mm-hmm. so uh, I, I'm not musical. Um, uh, but I, it, so it will take. I'll have a keyboard, and I use Logic, and I just like try. And I, I like took a lot of. I was in band and everything. I okay. kind of played the tuba and whatnot. But like, I, <laughs> I'm just putting a pin in tuba. We're coming back to that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 a very bad musician. Okay. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. And something about your songs is that because the word surprise is really key, isn't it? Because you like there might you might repeat a chorus, but the chorus is in itself. It's not an easily. It's not like a. It's not like a memorable <laughs> chorus the first time you hear it. So the second time it feels like a surprise. I suppose what I'm trying to say is that sometimes with comedy songs they can be predictable because someone repeats the chorus and you're like, well, we already know these jokes. You're just saying these jokes again. Right. Whereas even though you repeat the chorus on some of your songs, it doesn't have that problem because the, it is so jangled and dissonant <laughs> that you're jangled. like, oh, oh, what are we, oh, is this bit again? Like, you know what I mean? So there is still a journey to go on. There's still something to discover from it. Yeah. Um, and, Thank and, you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I meant it positively. No, 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 I mean that. <laughs> so to ram all of those observations in someone someone that left a fabulous comment on your your youtube which is on one of your videos which was that the comments are great they are great yeah. do you know how unusual that is yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 why yeah. are they all why do they all love you so much they're really really great. is it is it is there something about the nature of your videos that if someone's going to hate it they just don't watch it i've, I've had you so, don't get negative comments I, i've had like almost no hateful stuff it's crazy that is crazy i know I know. I'm very lucky. It's not luck. What is it? Do you have a theory? What is it? Why aren't people? Is it that women get more hate? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, but that's, that's men my get only. some hate. No, it's true. It's, uh, yeah, I you're a weird man. I wonder if you are wearing your weirdness so proudly yeah, as maybe. a shield and a lance. You know, it's like, fucking come on then. Point out I'm weird. Maybe that's it? I don't know. I, I'm just, I just am very grateful because I can be leveled. You can be leveled by comments. You oh, make. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, the first time I got a negative comment was, it was on a British site. It was the Daily Mail. <laughs> this is the so day- that, that will be a punchline to anyone in the UK. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Day- it's a horrific uh, right-wing rank. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, there that we does go. not represent our... Uh, okay, yeah. I, I, some, there was one comment that I, like, had to, I was, like, bedridden for, like, uh, for, like, 10 hours. No, not really. I mean, but it was, like, I, I had to, like... I had to kind of lie down and just... Now, given that you obviously remember field. that comment word for word, because we all do. Yeah. Do you remember, can you share us with the comment? No. I I'm not going to. Just seal it in lead forever. Totally understandable. Oops. Okay, I'll tell you. 
Sure. Oh, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, uh, okay, I'll tell you. It was something along the lines of, and I don't know why this got to me. No, I, I, yeah, I don't know why it got to me. It was, he should take an improv class. Oh! Oh! That is not what I was expecting at all! He should take an improv class! Oh! It killed me. It absolutely killed me. God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but what? That would make me angry rather than sad, I think. Why would that make, why would that kill you? I, I don't know. Because I, I, you have taken. No, it, no, no, no. You're a theater kid, right? You did, you studied theater oh, yeah, or some sort of drama. Yeah. Yeah. So you must have done improv. I fancy myself a good improviser. You are a good improviser. You're an excellent improviser. <laughs> so, but you have the, you must have a confidence in yourself that you're an excellent improviser. Yeah, yeah. This so was why would that upset you? It so was much? 2015. I, I don't know. God, that's fascinating. Maybe because on YouTube everything like uh, everything's so over edited that you can like get away with stuff. But then I always felt like I was kind of I, like I, I could speak the language of comedy or that I was fluent in the language of it. And then yeah. if someone like poked a hole in that idea of myself, I just that is I very strange. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that so that self image, I maybe that hurt you so much because. Because that is your personality, your you as a creative, performative comedy person is yourself. Yeah. And so for someone to go, this guy should try being a creative comedy person. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, that maybe just gets to the root of like, oh, this guy isn't the self that he thinks he is. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. 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 It really. Uh... I'm sorry to bring that up. You're wiggling your leg now, and I can only apologize. It was, <laughs> it was, it was the 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 five point Pyme heart punch or whatever. It is. I mean, I was I was absolutely, I was I was leveled. God, but that's that does strike me as strange. I don't, because, think, I've, I don't think I've ever spoken about it out loud to anybody. Yeah, well, I appreciate. Thank you. I I appreciate you going there on uh, yeah. on our behalf. Yeah. Um. But I, I. Yeah. That that does strike me as strange. Those. Let's talk then a, a bit about vulnerability. Because mm. you are, and again, I, I feel like I use this as a touchstone. I overuse this on the podcast. Apologies, dear listener. I like control but, vulnerability. Okay. <laughs> well, so what were you going to say? Well, the thing I was going to mention was I am a big fan of the band The Mountain Goats. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with John Donnell from The Mountain Goats. We have the same, uh, a very similar Spotify following. Oh, what? <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Do you really? That is lovely. It's like Mitski, Mountain Goats, and me. Uh, who's the other one? Uh, they're, they're on my record. They're on my Spotify. Rec- like if it's like if you like Chris Fleming, you'll like to the Mountain Goats and Mitski. <laughs> That's interesting. Who's Mitski? I don't so, know. Uh, Mitski's this great um, kind, uh, kind of blew up with uh, her new album uh, Nobody, I believe it's called, and it's this, okay. it's really really beautiful. Is it funny? Um, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's it's very. Um, it's it's quirky vulnerability, uh, but, okay. but, but 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 no, okay. it's like it's like very serious. It's, sure, yeah, yeah. It's not like me at all. Because no. my 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 thing about John Darnell, which I love, and I've met him, and he was such a wonderful, such a lovely man, and his work is just incredible and constant as well. He's chucking out albums every year. You know, what I love about him is I saw him live, and he was dressed in a tweedy jacket with leather elbow patches. Nice. And the reason he was cool was because he was being himself one million percent. Mm-hmm. And that is inescapably cool. And as someone who I think we all, to some degree, want to be cool, but we, you can only be cool by accepting what you have. Yeah. That's the most zen thing. It's like if you want to, what is that Scott Pilgrim thing? If you want to pull the sword of self-acceptance from yourself, then you need to go, 
oh, I'm like for me, I'm oh, I look kind of bland. <laughs> like that's you don't look I'm, bland. I think I look bland. I I, I had a you got review. great hair. Oh, thanks, mate. I had a review pre hair. This was I had a review that said I was blandly handsome. Oh! And when I say that on oh. stage, when I say that on stage, oh. it gets a huge laugh. And I'm like, you were all thinking it. So it, it, that really got to me. Not in a, no, I, don't, I don't lose sleep over it, but I do feel like that's one of the things I have to absorb in order to be myself. Blandly, that's, so Blandly Handsome is like newscaster handsome. Yeah. Uh, I have a you're, line, you're better than that. I have a line which is based on something someone, a friend of mine said to me in a roast. I have a line. I've completely cut and shut this guy's joke. <laughs> Um, I don't think I even asked. Um, but it, which is that I look like the guy you get, the guy in the picture that comes free with the picture frame. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's true. It's funny because it's true, right? Um, I, you know, all, all of that that's kind of care. I've got some care about this. And it is. And, you know, how vain am I? Like, oh, the thing that wounds me is the way in which I've had some. You know, I think but, if someone insults you, then you can use that line. Yes. I think. Yeah, it, I think, oh, thank you. That's I, mean. I think if it's an act of violence, then it's yours. Yeah, and I think against you. I think that 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 also has a kind of deeper truth to it because if someone it is about appropriating stuff. I think of that in kind of in gay culture where people are, you take the term fag and you take the term queer and yeah. you use that as ammunition and you use it as, as power. Right. Um, so there is something about like someone insults you and you're like thank you because now I know what you see and yeah, that, yeah, there yeah, is yeah, a yeah. value to that because mm, now if time. I say it next time and it gets a laugh then it's my laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Controlled vulnerability. Controlled vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think with with you, when you came on stage the other night wearing, from what I remember, was it a blue crushed velvet jacket? I'm colorblind, so I thought it was purple, but... Oh, it may be. It but, may no, you're purple. probably right. Bluish. Um, and kind of a blouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like, like, like a black a, blouse with a... A, t- a pussy bow or something? Is that what it is? I, I think they call it a pussy bow. I hope, okay. that, I hope I'm not just saying And were that. they flares? Uh, it was uh, the, uh, crushed velvet uh, flares, yes. And I only saw the, uh, the purple boots, the purple boots with the stars on them. Yes. Uh, when when you did something acrobatic, and I sort of flashed a bit, I was like, oh, "Of course, yes." That is someone being themselves, one yes. million percent. Oh, thank you, thank you. That's very nice. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and I think that's what the it takes a while to get there. From it took a it took a. I used to wear what I thought I should wear on stage, you know? Which like, was what? What did you think you should wear? Like a t-shirt and jeans, you know? And like, you know, what I saw other comics wearing. And sure. Then, oh, what are we all doing? What are yeah, we, yeah, yeah. What yeah. are we supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. How can I fit into the outsiders? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, slowly but surely, I got the confidence to really um, dress the way I want to dress. <laughs> And you, yeah, so they love that. They love that. Because also, I mean, it is rock and roll as well. It looks like, so, you know, Mick Jagger would have worn that in the 60s, yeah. 70s. I've always been way more inspired by rock and roll than, than anything else. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, that really infuses the, the show because you are, you are musical as well. I'm so jealous of comics that can be funny and do funny music because you get to be a rock star and a comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does, does that how it feel? Do you feel like you're embodying that? Well, I, you know... Less that than it just, I did, I do feel that since releasing music, people have uh, felt a deeper connection to me. It's a different kind of fandom, for lack of a better word. Yeah, right. I think that, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed a big shift since, since doing music. Yes. Yeah. There is a, a, an excellent comic in the UK called Tom Parry, who I remember on the podcast years ago said... That the he was working with a, uh, he does work with a sketch group and um, as well as solo stuff 
And he was saying what the mistake that a lot of comics in the UK make. And we have the, have you been to the Edinburgh Festival? Have you ever done? No, I haven't. No, but you have done the UK because I remember yes. you had some very funny material yes. about bombing in London. <laughs> and oh God, we'll get onto the, the kind of the poetry and the language in a bit. But the phrase that stuck with me for the rest of my life was I performed that bit in London to a personality changing silence. Yes. Like, oh God, we were killing ourselves. <laughs> That, I mean, I know, we all know the personality changing yeah, Like my style. posture is slightly different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ever since. God, it's like I've been in space for two years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Tom Parry said, the mistake that a lot of comics make is that we, tr- we want to make them laugh and think. And he says, no, you should make them laugh and feel. Feel, totally. Yeah. Totally, absolutely, absolutely. And I think when I, if I do some funny stuff, like if I think of my best stuff at the moment or the stuff I most enjoy people relate to that stuff in a kind of a oh I didn't realise I felt like that but I'm not singing at them and so they're only ever really thinking I agree and have had that thought rather than not even thinking just having an emotional oh me too like yes this speaks to me there is a way to get there without just music um there you know like either through uh, physically portraying something i think there's i think theater can can do that yes i think you can physically represent a, a feeling that they've never really uh, put a, a look to or whatever i think i think that like even comedic monologues, I think people can. There's a musicality to the best of them, and, mm-hmm. and people can remember them in the way that they remember music too. But I, right, I think that the feeling is uh, not only a great way to try and connect with an audience, but a great way to write. I think writing about feelings, I think, is also using that just from a jumping-off point because then you're going to get to their feelings too, the audience's yes. feelings. If you're writing about your feelings, instead of like ideas are great, of course, um, but no, I so I, that's such a great way of putting it. I really, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's such a hotline. And that yeah. is a, another tangent. That makes me think smell is a hotline. I don't think there are any comics <laughs> working with smell, but there should be. You imagine Smell is the easiest way to anyone's... For a live event. Oh, my God. To be, if you had 30 smells. Oh, my God. And a fan. I, I was thinking that if any president ran on the idea of being able to record a smell, then I would back them 100%. <laughs> It's amazing how we haven't been able to. There have been times where I like almost grabbed my phone to try and so I could like record a smell and send it to somebody, <laughs> like you know. But you can't. There's no. Yeah. It's, and that, yeah, that, yeah. that is really the way to someone's heart. Is, is yeah, absolutely. Aroma. Yeah, <laughs> that's Whoa. true. That's a, that's an underexplored. Chris Fleming in Aroma Vision. <laughs> yeah, that would work. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you mass market that? You don't. You make it tiny. This mm-hmm. is an experience for one person at mm-hmm. a time. It's a fabulous British comic called Simon Munnery who did a, a conceptual restaurant. So it was called La Concepta. And he was the door staff and the waiter and the chef. And it was for eight people at a time. And he would uh, offer you a choice of dishes, all of which were jokes. Oh, my which God. Was, oh, yeah, great. Wow. Come to Edinburgh. Nothing, nothing <laughs> cool like that happens in America. Everyone's just doing the same old shit in America. Have you done much on TV? Would you be interested in making stuff for TV? Or does TV actually hold no attraction for you because you already have your own thing and you're in charge of it? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I mean, I've acted in things. Um, I've never made a TV show. I'm, we're, I'm tr- developing one right now, working on trying to, yeah. And is that, can you tell us anything about it? Is it like, is it a you vehicle? Is it a sketch show? Well, there's is it two. A- there's one sketch show that, that we're trying to, but, but I'm doing something with the, um, the guys who make corporate, on Comedy Central, ah, okay. where it's called um, 
well, I'm not, I won't give the name, but sure. it's, um, uh, it's kind of a, where I play the mayor of a utopia. And- <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. When you settled on that as the pitch, the mayor of a utopia, yeah. did you did you go? It's that. It's this thing, or is it like? Is it, we deve- be- we because there's you, yeah. and you are the product. You're yeah, the right, right. you're the thing, and it's your imagination and your world. That's right. At what point do you go? Do you have a feeling of like, oh, this is this is the right vehicle. This is like the mayor of a utopia. Mm-hmm. That's who I should be. That's not been done before, and it suits me completely. Did you go through ten different ideas to get to that? I usually no, because I've I've learned through writing that for me it's less about the idea and it's more about the commitment, how 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 it's pursued. I, I have always I used to stress a lot about, and I still do, about the idea, the genesis of it, and I I don't think that that matters as much as what you do with it. So I um, I'm kind of, which is kind of a liberating way to write, and so that was just the first thing <laughs> that came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> The name of the show is what came to my head, and then we just kind of went yeah, with that, okay. and that was yeah, that, and, and we developed it for like six months. But like, um, I think, and that's part of the, part of the, the the trusting nature. I think you you have to as 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 tough of a critic as you need to be with yourself. I think it's also really important to trust instincts and just be like, yeah, this is the right idea, and then then you develop it. And you're like, oh, thank God, I committed that idea. Yeah, instead of worried about making it about basketball, or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the original. I think the genesis doesn't not matter. I think it's how you. Last question. Yeah. You mentioned freaks earlier on. You mentioned being a freak. Mm-hmm. And in the in the show that I saw here in Montreal, you, t- you did that wonderful material about St. Vincent. And, uh, That's what, my favorite bit. Oh, God, it was so lovely. It was so... You're, I remember we came out and me and Deanne said the exact phrase to each other, which was those aren't, you know, all the things that make you a freak, St. Vincent, those aren't... They're not. Free, you're not a freak. Those are heavily vetted idiosyncrasies. Those are yes, yes. What a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to just finish on that idea of a freak. Do you feel like a freak? Yeah. yeah. Have you always? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wait. 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 Okay. I think. Okay. This is this is kind of complicated. Um, I want to be a freak. I have always had a complex where I always thought I was too not freaky. I always, I always thought that people that I always felt in like, I always felt like I was too Rob Thomas. Do you know what I mean? Which is insane. Like too... Mainstream or something. Sure, sure. Like it, I, I don't. When I, I don't think it's that crazy what I'm doing. I want to be seen as a freak, but uh, I, I, and I think I, I think in my head I think because people describe me as such that I think of that. But I, uh, as as a freak, and I, I know that that's how I'm perceived, and I want to be. But in, but I have a, a like a uh, what's the word? a hang-up about not being freaky enough, I think. Okay. Yeah. Do you have other friends that are more freaky? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. I'm way more put together than than all of my friends. You seem to have a very stable home life. Very stable. I, like your mum and dad appeared in Gale. Yeah, very stable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think My that- life is very stable in general. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I mean, I can be chaotic, but, but it's very um, kind of humdrum. <laughs> yeah. So is it, do you feel your, 
like what is it that makes what is it in the genesis of a of the freak that you aspire to be that you that you are missing what would what would make you more oh i don't know man um like, should you have been bullied harder? <laughs> is that what exactly is the... Yeah, you know, I should have. I really should have been. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. I don't, I don't think either of us are making light of bullying, which we're... I, I, no, but, I, no but, but, like, based on what I what my I was like, I was, I was like... I've been like this pretty much, you know? I was, I, I was extremely flamboyant, and I should have been swirlied around the clock. And I was not. <laughs> and I think... Why weren't you? I, I, I don't... Oh, you know, I think I think I've always been very good at um, uh, understanding my role in society and and being empathetic and seeing how I can um, make people laugh, how I can give people what they need in that moment, and I think providing that service was that, uh, invaluable to my social success growing up. I think that, yeah. I, I kind of was able to, um, yeah, be, I, th- I think, I think that just comes down to empathy, I think, or social intelligence, maybe, I don't know. Is there any element whereby there are people who are freaks who don't want to be the social performer and that by being a freak who is happy to perform socially, you're kind of Uncle Tomming as a freak? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Yeah, you feel <laughs> you feel like uh, you feel like a um, an illegitimate. I'll freak. be I'll be your freak. Do you know what I mean? Is yeah. that like there's somewhere? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I've always wanted to be more different and weird than I naturally am. Yeah, I I feel like guilty that I was never a pariah. Guilty <laughs> that you were never a pariah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that would fit with the idea of you. the narrative that I've built. Yeah, because I think a lot of the people that come are, are disenfranchised, or or they, yes. or they feel like that, and 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 I'm like, uh, and they relate to me because I think I'm. I think because I was never pry, I have the confidence to be able to talk about. You're not sat things. in the audience at someone else being the Chris Fleming show. <laughs> yeah. You're being him because <laughs> yeah. you have the confidence. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think I, I only have that because of how glorious my upbringing and uh, school life was. Like, it was just beautiful. <laughs> because? Because I was, I was accepted. I was just yeah. like, it, it was, it was, like I was shy when I was super young, but, but, but I, I broke out of that very quickly. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I th- I, yeah, I think, I think that, does that, I think that could explain yeah, and, it's, and you're completely a valid champion for the people who want to be you, who want to have your confidence, who want to wear their freakishness on yeah. their sleeve. Yeah. Sleeves, on their crushed velvet sleeves. <laughs> you yeah. know, that, yeah. like, you know, you're the, you're the champion. Yeah, yeah. Are you happy? Uh, very happy. Oh, yeah, very, very happy. I mean, I, um, you know, the, mood, the moods can change a lot, you know, with, with, uh, with, create, with creativity the gestation period can be very painful <laughs> before releasing something. Um, but, but, but more, uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, very happy. I think right now <laughs> I have a dog. 
You're a dog. Yeah. What kind of dog? Are you a, are you a, a Bichon Frise? Yeah. Yes. I. You only ever call him a Bichon. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, I think the end of that phrase is Frise, but I don't know much. <laughs> yeah, about no, that's that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if she's really. A, she. Is, no, 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 she's no. back in LA. I don't know if she's even a Bichon. We found her in LA. A Bijon, I don't know the French for found. I was going to say a Bijon perdu. <laughs> That's lost, isn't it? That doesn't work. <laughs> what else are you doing here in Montreal? Are you doing a gala? Uh, yeah, I'm doing the thing uh, a variety, um, 10 comics to watch. Oh, cool. Okay. Me, I'm named one of those, so I get to do like a little, it's like a cocktail party tonight. And, oh, uh, nice. And I haven't had a drink in 10 days, so one... One mojito is going to send me into the jade realm. So that should the be... The jade realm. <laughs> That's what I call it. That, uh, to me, sounds very much like the Kung Fu Panda franchise. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, my, my uh, toddler is very into the Kung Fu Panda films. Which I didn't it's realize... A, it's a perfect uh, trilogy. Pandas are incredibly popular with children. Oh, yeah. I, I, every, whenever I hear a family talking, a child is always saying something about pandas. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I've heard it, like, multiple times, like, recently. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's that. I don't know. What are you doing? Uh, I'm doing a taping. Uh, there's a John Doerr. Oh, I'm doing that. Gala. Are you doing that one as well? Yeah, wait. Oh, I think he's doing more than one. Because oh. um, my friend Guy Montgomery is here, brilliant comic from New Zealand. Okay. Um, who you might have heard, he His biggest claim to fame is that he was the co-creator of a podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time. <laughs> Did you ever hear about this? Uh, probably. Check out The Worst Idea of All Time. Him and Tim Batt, another fabulous comic in New Zealand, um, they decided to review the same film every Monday for a year and they chose Grown Ups 2. And so they watched the film every Monday morning for a year and the year, the podcast is their, their genuine descent into literal madness. That sounds like what they do to you in Guantanamo. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the worst idea of all time. Wow. So Guy's here and he's doing uh, John Dore. I don't know John Dore. He's, I, I don't either. Yeah, okay. Oh, he's very funny. I don't know him personally. Sure, same. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he's doing one of those. Oh, that would be great if we're on the same one. I don't know who else is on. I'm the... at ten o'clock. Yeah, I'm at ten o'clock. I don't know if he's on yes! the same night. That would be so great to kick together. Hell awesome. Yeah. And awesome. If, and you get nervous for those? I get nervous for tapings. Yes. I hate when there's a camera for stand up. Yes, I'm the same. I have. I don't have a huge amount. I've done like I said, three, three, four, five, maybe five bits of stand up on TV. But you got that. And, you um, got that lilac. Yeah, I've got the lilac jacket, so it's going to be fine as long as I'm not following you in whatever the fuck you're wearing. I'm going to come out with, no, it's just a mere lilac jacket. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. Oh, man, I hope hope that's the same one. That'd be great. They could be irritated, though, by what I'm wearing because these are not my fans. True story. Yes, I think that might have been the thing I was going to ask you about earlier on. I noticed you did um, uh, my friend Tom Ballard's show uh, in Australia. So this, how was that? Because I watched that clip and I thought... You did great, but I thought, Chris, Chris is not happy. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't. Um, well, you know, I wasn't not, I wasn't unhappy, but it was, I had just performed for a bunch of my Australian fans and, yeah. and they were so good. And then I do this little show and they're like, or it was a big show. Sorry. It is. It's oh, yeah, it awesome. And huge, huge show, Tom. Huge show. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was a cold, uh, studio crowd and yeah. they were like you know where's your where's your proper stand up where's your intro yeah. and then you started doing jokes of that bit about the the mic stand and like what I was told in comedy college was to do this and they were like hmm you don't respect this at all <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah 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 and I was I, I wedged myself in between one of the set pieces yeah. before coming out yeah I don't know <laughs> it was it was fine um, really really sweet guy though yeah it's Tom, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 
that show also was in its last week. Oh, was it? Yeah, when I did it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is interesting. The um, Like, I feel good about the taping. I'm excited to do it. I did one here about four years ago, which uh, did not go as well as I wanted it to. They like, never I, do. Well, I didn't know that. It was my first one. Yeah. So when I didn't, like, my first two jokes didn't really get anything like what I was, you know, my confident big, hey, this is, oh, I think if I'd gone in going, this is going to go badly because they always do, yes. I'd have stayed cooler. As it is, oh, it's I, was a, I was just rattled. I was like, oh, Whenever you okay. need them to be good, they're never good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating because I burnt, I've, I've burnt, not like millions of people have seen it, but, you know, I did some really, like, oh, that was my absolute favourite bit at the time. Oh, yeah. And I was a bit, really well in the warm-up in some oh, horrible... God. Oh, if you do Small your... Small room. Oh, God. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is my... This is a bit of TV. I'm arriving. This is my first Montreal. It's something I've dreamt about performing here yeah. since I was like 14 or something. Yeah. And uh, and I didn't realise it was going to be hard. And the compare brought... The host brought me on with a joke that sort of knocked me. Do you know what I mean? It was like a joke about me. I was like, oh, so I'm walking on going, what the... F- oh, oh, great. Do you know what I mean? So, so now, now I'm ready. Now I'm like, well, A, it's going to go online and it's not going to set the world on fire. Yeah. It's going to get seen here. Yeah. Actually, the joy of this is the joy of performing in a room and having a fun life experience. And I'm excited about the stuff I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And I believe in the stuff. Yeah. And now I feel very happy about doing it. So That's it. It's on my terms. That's it. Yes. Yes. It's got to be, if you're going to bomb, you've got to bomb on your own terms. I'm not going to bomb, Chris. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> no right, 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 right. Sorry, you're not going to bomb. But if we do, it's okay. It's if okay. We do it, as long as you're not pandering when you're bombing, it's a, it's a victory. Yes. But it's hard not to Dear pander. the listener, I just pointed at Chris very hard. But it's, as, a, as a stand-up, yeah. it's so hard to not feel that pander um, instinct. Oh, yeah. even a little bit to be like, oh, I need to make fun of myself yes, more. Yes, I do. I, I am guilty of that in the past. I Historically, I have been guilty of that. <laughs> Me but, too. But uh, although, what's the phrase? I, I have negative, but I am positive. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going to have fun. Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. So that was Chris. What a joy. You can continue this conversation. You can hear more about his feelings on his contemporaries from the early days and what it feels like uh, now that comedy is full of weirdos, uh, rather that, or more full of weirdos than it is full of uh, bros. Uh, we can find out also his uh, his mantra for self-confidence, which I'm really glad I kind of nudged him, sort of pushed him to, to flesh out. Uh, and also hear lots more stuff about the nature of online comedy and where it's going and whether or not we should all be scared of memes. We as comedians should be scared of memes. I think we probably should. Um, all of that at comedianscomedia.com slash insiders. I hope you'll sign up. And uh, if you are one of the people who is lucky enough to activate the secret hidden welcome message part of that, then uh, I look forward to welcoming you in due course. Uh, so that is that. Um, I don't know if I should do a post amble. I've got stuff to say, but I can't bear to listen to my horrible bunged up voice. Uh, bunged up voice. Yes, it's come to this. Uh, remember comedianscomedian.com slash tour to grab all of my tour dates and Chris is on tour but it's in America so if you're listening over there then you can uh, presumably see him somewhere Uh, check him out on YouTube or Facebook facebook.com Chris Fleming Fleming to find out where he is near you Uh, his new tour is called Boba Every Day and uh, he's an American and probably knows what boba is. I think it's a type of tea, and it feels very much in keeping with his character from what I know, but I literally don't know anything more about it than that. Uh, I will post Ablet at you very briefly, but it'll be awful, uh, just after the, the, this horse noise. So in the meantime, 
Thank you for listening and look forward to more episodes next week. We've got some lovely ones. I'm starting to rebook up uh, to get some more acts on the go before Christmas. And we've still got Greg Turkington, a.k.a. Neil Hamburger, Matt Besser and Carl Hutchinson to go. So lots more coming up soon in the internet programme. Good day. Okay, so post amble wise, I oh man, I uh, <laughs> I might save this. I might not do this one. I have made an observation, you know, a little kind of uh, revelations, a little revelation, such as I have revelations per day, and um, I sort of realised that I I don't know if I should save it until I'm slightly more audible, but here it is anyway. I'll just splurge it. I feel like, and you know if you've been listening to this, I'm undergoing a slight, I'm not going to call it a backslide. You know, I, I had a very, I've had a very, very happy first six months of this year. And although lots of great happy stuff is happening, and I don't wish to do that down at all. I don't wish or indeed wish to do that down at all. Um, I am just, you know, I'm finding it a bit hard at the moment. And I, uh, I'm not going to bang on about it but uh, you know it's a roller coaster isn't it life and mental health and everything and uh, I reserve the right to be sick every so often <laughs> that of course being the end of the roller coaster analogy and not anything more worried more worrying um but uh I, I you know I'm on sort of a, a, a slight downward swing of whatever the fictional contraption is that I've just invented to metaphorize my mental health but I'm wondering if Part of that is due to, or or manifests as probably it's, it's let's talk about manifestation. I think it's um, I think at the moment one of the manifestations of my state of mind. This is partly what I'm writing or have been writing about in Primer. So that's also maybe maybe I'm not on a, maybe I'm not on a backslide or a downswing. Maybe I just spent a month talking about trauma, <laughs> and that has got and that's resonated beyond the festival. I just feel like I go into everything assuming there's an opportunity, like I go into everything as if there's an opportunity to fuck it up. Do you do this? This must be universal, surely, but there must be. I think there are people walking among us, rare people who just naturally have tip-top mental health. When you listen to the Carl Hutchinson episode, you're going to grind your teeth with rage at how bloody happy he is. He's so funny. Uh, he's such a, a, He's such a strong comic. Really lovely guy. And at one point in the interview, and I'm sorry to spoiler any upcoming content, but he, I, I try and press him on his mental health. And he goes, no, no, mate, I'm just buzzing. And, <laughs> and he just, you just get the sense, oh, you are, you always are. So there are random weirdos like that. Um, but I think for the vast majority of us, here's, here's the point I'm trying to make. I, I keep catching myself going into situations as if, like, preparing for them to go wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, a particular guest that I want to book for this podcast, and I haven't even approached them. I've been trying not to talk about it because it's podcast-related, but come on, it's the internet. I might as well tell you all my secrets. I won't tell you who, but there's someone who I really want to approach, and I just caught myself not approaching them because because they might say no. Do you know what I mean? Not that there's any, like, they probably would say no. It doesn't matter. And no doesn't hurt. It's not like, this is this is my point point. So much of our mental health is to do with decisions we don't take. 
This is this is me on my completely untrained soapbox. It's not about necessarily. Sometimes it is about thinking to yourself, "God, I'm rubbish. I can't do this. I can't cope." Sometimes it's about that. Sometimes it's just about sneakily avoiding situations in which you will need to confront whether or not you can cope. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's as that's as much a part of people's mental health journey as anything else, isn't it? Like. You still, like, if your life is a map and you just naturally never go near the river, then you end up a, a life with no water in it. <laughs> is, that, is that clear? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's one thing, right, here's, here's another analogy. You've got your map in front of you and every time you go off the edge of the map, it's uncharted territory and then you make a new map. I'm talking about life. But if every time you hear water, you just naturally, without making a big deal of it, are slightly inclined to steer away from that, then you'll go your whole life without ever finding the stream. <laughs> what is this? D&D mental health for twats. Oh, God, I'm embarrassing myself. I, th- I think if you've bothered to stay with me this long, you get the point I'm trying to make in my horrific nasal fashion. It's sometimes not about saying to yourself, oh, God, I can't cope with this, I'm running away. It's just catching yourself, fulfilling certain programming and just veering away from something. Maybe I just won't make that phone call. Maybe I, maybe I won't. Oh, I need to talk to my management about something. Maybe I just, I just not do that. And if, oh, exercise. That's another example. I keep not bloody exercising. And the way you end up a tired little wheezy old man who never exercised is just every day. Just come up with a little way to get distracted by something else. I mean, I could go for a run now, but oh no, actually, I must do my receipts. I must do that. I must do that. And that compressed, it's like compound interest over it, compressed over the course of a life, you end up a tired little wheezy elderly person who never actually bloody went for a run. Well, my point is that I keep noticing myself doing that. The end. (laughs) That'll do for now. I I, I mean, that's a point, right? (laughs) Content, isn't it? There we go. Enjoy your content. If, and I've got no data on this, I believe the data is accessible, but I've never accessed it. Uh, if you are someone who, I've no idea how many of you listen to these. <laughs> and it may be that there's just one, you, and everyone else has veered away from them every day. Oh, can I hear a stream tinkling? No, it must be the sound of Goldsmith about to post Apple. I think I'll just, I think I'll just, uh, not today. I'll go do my receipts. Speaking of which, I've got to go do my receipts. Bye for now. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 